0: Murder is defined as the unlawful, premeditated killing of one human being by another. However, being charged and convicted of murder isn't always as simple as the definition. With that said, let's talk murder. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan. I am your host, Diamond Kisan. Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan is a crime-based podcast that takes an inside look at the crime from the side of the accused. In each episode, we go beyond the headlines and get up close and personal to the story via the words of the individual charged with the crime. On this episode, I'm going to speak with Darnell Green. Mr. Green is incarcerated for murder for a crime that um, took place back in 2007. And this one, this one is, this one is slightly different. This is, um, you know what, I'm just going to... Let's just jump into it. Now, to give you some background on this case, this is coming from the casetext.com website. This is the People Be Green um, case text. On October eighteenth, two 2007, Jimmy Lewis was killed while riding as a passenger in a Cadillac driven by Danny Kiko Williams. Defendant was charged by incident with three counts of first-degree murder of Jimmy Lewis. Testimony at trial revealed that on the night of the shooting, defendant and his friends... Chappell Cragen, Jabril Harmon, and Emmanuel Johnson were driving together. Cragen was driving with the defendant in the front passenger seat, Johnson in the back seat behind the defendant, and Harmon in the back seat behind Cragen. On their way to the liquor store, they passed the Cadillac being driven by Kiko. Kiko was a part of a rival street gang, the Moles, that was involved in a recent altercation with the defendant and his group of friends known as the Four Corner Hustlers. When Defendant and his friends saw the Cadillac, they all said, that's them, that's them. Which meant, that's the moles, that's Kiko. Craven made a U-turn and followed the Cadillac and everyone in the car got excited. Defendant grabbed the gun from the middle console and said, I'll do it. Meaning he would shoot at the Cadillac. However, Defendant passed the gun to Johnson, who passed it to Harmon. When the car was pulled up on the right side of the Cadillac, Harmon shot multiple times, hitting Lewis and causing his death. During closing argument, the prosecutor argued that on the night of the shooting, defendant and his friends were after the moles, either Jimmy Lewis or Keiko Williams, it doesn't matter. It's called transfer of intent. On direct appeal, defendant argued that the state failed to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he was accountable for the murder of Jimmy Lewis. This court affirmed defendant's conviction. See People v. Green 2012, number 2. On June 23, 2014, defendant filed a post-conviction petition alleging inter alia that defense counsel Robert Britaka was ineffective because he labored under a per se conflict of interest due to Britaka's prior representation of the intended murder victim, Daniel Kiko Williams. Did y'all hear that? So... Mr. Green's attorney had previously represented the attended murder victim. So this just hold on to that. On November 19, 2015, a third stage evidentiary hearing was held. Ritalka testified as follows: on july 23, 2009, Ritalka entered his appearance on behalf of defendant. Ritaka represented Daniel Kiko Williams from July 20, 2007 through March 14, 2008 in cases involving driving while license for and cannabis possession. Ritaka could not recall if he told defendant about his prior representation of Williams, but he did not disclose his prior representation of Williams to the trial court. Ritaka also represented Daniel Daniel Williams' brothers, Joey and Brandon, prior to representing a defendant. The party stipulated that Brandon and Joey Williams were members of the Mose gang. Listen, y'all. So now we have the... We have Mr. Green's attorney, who has at some time represented the intended murder victim, as well as his siblings. So... That sounds like a conflict of interest. That's just in my view of things. But let's see what Mr. Green had to say about this case from his perspective. You know what time it is. Let's talk murder. Per the words of Darnell Green My case is a group on group shooting, and I am not a part of neither group. They had been in war years before my case, and it was never my. Business. There are a lot of altercations documented, mostly shootings, and no civilian nor officer would tell you I was a part. I never felt threatened by anyone, never had problems with anyone. After high school, I went away with a few friends to Arizona to enroll in college for two semesters and returned home and tried to stay out of trouble for the m- most part while hanging out. The day of the incident, I thought it was going to be a positive and profitable day. I took care of some bills, and was just hanging out by myself, getting some fresh air, and went to the liquor store to get something to drink. And while there, two guys I was cool with pulled up to get drinks also, and invited me to get in the car. I was hesitant because I had a bad experience with them, but I got in the car for the joyride, and we drank for a few hours, stopping at houses, and we set it buddy's house for a while, then left to get more liquor, and en route to the liquor store, they saw a car that they thought was one of their ops. The car was going in the opposite direction at a high speed, so initially I was calm and nonchalant, knowing we were not going to catch up as we turned to pursue the car. Fast forward to before the shots, I was trying to stop it from taking place, voicing my disapproval. After the shots, I was hoping that nobody got hurt bad because I knew it was a serious situation to be in by myself. So now I felt the need to remain with them for a couple of for a couple of reasons to preserve my life. So after a few weeks, the shooter got arrested and admitted to the shooting and said I was present. And when it got out that I was, I had to lay low from the police and the other group. So I stayed out of sight, and I had no resources to remain that way. So I stayed close to the ones who got me in this situation, which turned out to be the mistake that turned me guilty in the eyes of the law. Mm-hmm. With the same sequence of events, had I ran to the station, I would be free. So yeah, I reacted improper in the eyes of the law. Going into the pre-trial phase, I was not supposed to go through it because my Cody told me he would write an affidavit saying that said I did not do it. But as the time passed, he said he had to fight his case so he couldn't write it. Initially, I had a public defender and after a year, Robert Ritaka, the lawyer I had in an unrelated case when this shooting happened, asked to represent me in the murder. He reached out to me through a cousin he had partied with and I turned him down due to his reputation as a drug addict and an asshole and did not think he had the ability to fight my murder. So my dad told, told him he had no money to hire him and sometime later he told my dad he would only charge 5000 for the murder. So my dad suggested that I hear him out and so I did. At the consultation, he said he could get my case dropped to gun possession, so I hired him. And with that, he filed a ton of frivolous motions I had no chance of winning. He would ask the judge for, for money to go to Mississippi, the state I was apprehended in, to investigate, but he would never go. In motions, he would direct me to lie about dumb shit and Deny things I had admitted to in the past, so I would do it and get ate up by the state and called a liar. Going to trial, I never was supposed to go to trial with him. I would ask him and the judge about a cop-out. He would say, shh, the judge will tell me to address my lawyer. The day of trial, I was expecting the deal to come, but we picked 12. Now, for those who don't know when you pause, that means that they picked 12 jurors. So at this time, Mr. Green is going to trial and 12 jurors are being picked. The evidence that sticks out and was the linchpin to my conviction was a coerced statement taken by Dominic Capoletti, a disgraced detective who was demoted for taking false confessions. He caused Waukegan millions in lawsuits. He was a decorated detective teaching other departments how to conduct interrogations and being paid six figures. There was an article pointing this out in the Chicago Tribune on 9-25-2010 by Daniel Henkel. And there were more articles calling him into question so they demoted him, and swept it under the rug. He was the only evidence outside of the routine the routine crime experts, medical examiners, and the likes. It was the only evidence needed. I also remember thinking I'll get a number in the 30s as winning was not achievable in my mind. Another thing I remember is that the only black juror, black juror, an older lady, came out of the liberations crying I wondered what her tears were about as for my attorney I later found out that he had represented the intended victim of the shooting in numerous times and his brother who was also a leader of the other group according to police experts and court records and his other brother whom my Cody was charged for attempting to kill a year earlier So it turns out my trial lawyer knew all the street politics and altercations involving the two groups from his routine representation of the intended victim and his brothers. So that is why he wanted my case. My lawyer never told me he had a relationship with them. I would not have hired him if so. He told the court on one occasion that he had talked to the intended victim, but on another court date, he said he couldn't get in touch with him, so he issued a body warrant. Fast forward to my evidentiary hearing, the lawyer told the court he never realized that the intended victim was his client, despite seeing him on the stand and seeing his unique name Kiko Williams throughout the case. He was simply lying to protect himself. In that same hearing my counsel obtained files from Ritaka and found notes that he had written during an interview with Kiko prior to my trial. This was introduced and Ritaka was caught off guard. He was stuck and just said it was Things he wrote to impeach the guy if he would have took the stand. But still, the cat was out the bag, right? He had gotten caught concealing his relationship with the victim, thus still showing loyalty to him. For sure, the judge sees and understands this, right? Well, we had all the court files where Patalka had represented the intended victim and his brothers and other people with close ties to him. I raised a per se conflict of interest claim and the Lake County judge agreed that Kiko was the intended victim and that my trial lawyer should have told me that he had had ties to him. He also stated that it was no conflict of interest because the law says if a lawyer has ties to a victim in a case, then he can't rep the person charged. He said that Kiko was no victim despite him being shot at eight to nine times point blank. To put it simply, he said if Kiko would have gotten shot as intended, then he would grant me a new trial based on conflict of interest. So I was fucked. Also, after trial, guys from the other group came to tell me that my trial lawyer had been speaking to them about my case on how I had no chance of winning and I'll get cracked and that he was still one of them. It was unbelievable until I heard it more than once from from one guy who hated me for the crime. He explained to me that Kiko's bro Joey, who was the man had Ritaka on retainer and frequently used him to represent all his people. And they used him as an in-house lawyer, but their relationship faltered and Joey started using another lawyer. So Ritaka used me to get back in good grace with him as he oversaw my downfall. This could be verified through Ralph Strathman, a guy from the other group who's also in the court files, told him this personally. I'm not saying despite this I would have won, but he should have told me it was conflict. So no, I know my trial lawyer did not have my best interest at heart and didn't do his best. If I could say something to the public, I would say... I never took credit for this body, privately or publicly, and I tried my best to prevent it. And everything I did wrong was after the shots were fired, and in most states, that's not murder. But Illinois has a catch one, catch all theory called the accountability theory. But not all murders are not the same. I received 35 years at 100% with no criminal record and the admitted shooter received 21 years. With all of the redeeming qualities I possess, I have no chance at parole or no incentive to rehabilitate myself or exhibit good behavior. My stellar record exists solely because I was raised with re- respect and values for my life and others in showing humility in all situations that's a work in progress. I have been warehoused warehouse and denied the ability to cultivate relationships with people in society. I will not let my situation stop my mind from creating. I am a writer with tons of talent and ideas. My dear friend, Athena Williams, who is a mixed media artist, and an award-winning writer, and I decided to create a blog to highlight inmates with redeeming qualities who, despite their circumstances, are doing remarkable things in prison in an effort to promote restorative justice. I tell people all the time, my pen is going to get me out of prison. Okay, so I'll be honest. I know I gave you a lot to process, because Mr. Green... Had a lot of information to talk about. So you know I always ask you two questions. Could this case have been proven beyond a reasonable doubt? Now in this instance we have individuals in the vehicle shooting at another vehicle. We have one individual who proclaims to have um, taken claim over the shooting. But everyone gets charged. Now Mr. Green gets 35 years while the... Individual who admitted to the murder gets 21. Now, listen. That okay. I'm going to. I wasn't there. Can't speak on it. But to me, that seems very unfair. Now, with this attorney situation, for the fact that Mr. Green was being represented by an attorney who was also representing the intended parties, the intended party. Um i'm sorry the intended victim his siblings the friends the crew like are you kidding me like this is a blatant disrespect for law as a whole in my opinion and then i have to ask myself could an individual such as this one who was doing what was done at that time really put their best foot forward to defend mr green like nah bro like come on now Come on now, in my right mind, I find that hard to believe. I find that's a hard pill to swallow. And Mr. Green sits here with 35 years. No criminal, he he says he had no criminal record, never been in trouble. But because of the decisions he made after the crime took place, he laid low with those people. He didn't turn himself in immediately. We have so many facts. But again, he was young. I mean, come on now. In, in my younger days, man, you know, I ain't I a ain't chicken now. In my younger days, I think I made some decisions that now that I look back, I was like, man, I shouldn't have did that. I should have did this instead. So I'm just like, come on now. 35 years. And again, if somebody else has admitted to the crime, what? exactly was the state proven beyond a reasonable doubt um i just that's the part that i kind of get stuck on now i'm not a law professional so i don't know the ins and outs of how things go so i'm an attorney out there who's willing to tell me exactly what's going on i would be willing to listen but 35 years So because State of Illinois has this catch one, catch all theory called the accountability theory, let's look into this. Okay, so this is what I was able to find. So according to chance-law.blogspot.com, in Illinois, one can be liable for the conduct of another if he helped plan or commit the crime. That is accountability theory made simple. So again. One can be liable for the conduct of another if he helped plan or commit the crime. So, in this case, we have Mr. Green who's in the vehicle. They alleged he was part of the gun passing to someone else. He allegedly said he would do it. Mmm, this, now, okay. Now, listen, where I come from, they call it guilty by association. Illinois wants to call it uh, their Legal definition is the accountability theory. Uh, Oh, that one's hard. Again, can I prove beyond a reasonable doubt what happened in this car? Can I prove? Can it be proven, I should say, beyond a reasonable doubt what happened in this car and that Mr. Green was part of the planning or the committing of the crime and not just someone who was there? So that's kind of where it gets very gray for me. So now you're telling me, based on the accountability theory, that there's proof beyond a reasonable doubt that he had part in the planning or the committing? Now listen, it can't be the planning side because it clearly reads, even in the case text, that this wasn't something that was planned. It happened to be they passed by so-and-so, they seen them, they turned them, and you know. So I don't consider that planning. That was a spur of... The moment type of incident. So okay, let me exclude the planning side. Helped commit. Um, listen. If one person pulled the trigger, one person committed the crime. That's just my opinion. That's how I see it. Now, can you be held accountable for not going to the police or for not assisting the police? Okay, now you know that's where the whole street loyalty comes into play. Just what lo- you know. Okay, I get that part, but legally. Gosh, man, how does Mr. Green get more time than the the individual who took fault for committing the crime? And I have to wonder, does this have to do with the attorney not providing the best representation possible to Mr. Green? Yet again, I ask you all, what's my favorite question? Can it be proven beyond a reasonable doubt? So in this case, let's talk. Can it be proven beyond a reasonable doubt that Mr. Green really was involved in the planning and committing of this crime? In my opinion, personally, me, I don't think so. Can we prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the attorney was shady? Baby, the shade is real, in my opinion. And I think case text says it's it's on record. There's some shade. But for the judge to say that the intended um, individual, Mr. Kiko, technically is not a victim. So that's where it gets gray yet again. Let's go back and recap what Mr. Green told us. He said that, the judge agreed that Kiko was the intended victim and that my trial lawyer should have told me and that, that he had ties to him. He also stated that it was no conflict of interest because the law says if a lawyer has ties to a victim in a case then he can't rep the person charged. He said that Kiko was no victim despite him being shot at eight or nine times point blank. Now Mr. Green further said to put it simply He said if Kiko would have gotten shot as intended, then he would grant me a new trial based on conflict of interest. So, okay. Kiko isn't considered a victim because he didn't get shot. Okay, I can... Oh, I hate to say it, but okay, I can understand that element. I can understand him not being considered a victim because he was not shot. However, come on now. Just the deal, the shady dealings alone should have granted Mr. Green a trial. Some things are just so shady they're dark. You know, forget gray. We're we're talking black. This shade was thick. And for the attorney to do what he did, I hate to say it, I, oh, this saddens me. It saddens me to think that in the judicial system that we have, this was able to take place. This attorney was able to still represent Mr. Green. This um, attorney was able. Knowing after it coming out in the open court. That he had ties to the other individuals. Mr. Green was then not granted a new trial. I just. That for me. That. That hits. That hits hard. I feel he should at least have gotten a new trial. Because. I can't see, in my mind, in my mind of all possible options, I can't see Mr. Green getting the best defense possible from someone who's also being paid by the other side to defend them for other things. That, that That's a straddle of defense that's just too deep. Can't do it. I don't. Ugh. Listen, I'm going to put it out there to y'all. Let's talk about it. Give me your breakdown on things. Do you feel the attorney could have represented Mr. Green beyond, to the best of his ability, considering he was also representing people from the other side for other cases? And do you feel that Mr. Green deserves 35 years for this? 35 years. And he has to do 100% of it. mm Let's talk about it. Listen, um, hit me on social media. On Twitter, at Let's Talk Murder. Or Instagram and Facebook, at LTMWDK. Again, that's Twitter, at Let's Talk Murder. Or on Instagram and Facebook, at LTMWDK. I'm Diamond Kisari, and we've just talked murder. Until next time, stay safe, and never be afraid to talk murder.